You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. This is for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. This podcast is a trust-based, trauma-informed, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings, Empowered Parent Podcast listeners. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode. Joy to be, as always. <laughs> All right, Kayla Thorne. Greetings and salutations, greetings. and also with you, my my good sir. <laughs> I decided yeah, to mix it up a little bit. You know? It's it's what Charlotte says in Charlotte's Web: greetings and salutations. Go- I totally forgot God about that because queen. whenever I hear greetings and salutations, I think about Seinfeld. Because there was the <laughs> if you ever watch Seinfeld, of what I was thinking. <laughs> well, that that was exactly it, right? George got on the, doing the opposite. Thing it, it's like it, it like carried over a couple episodes, and and by doing the opposite, by, by basically dressing down George Steinbrenner, he got a job with the Yankees, and he walks into the coffee shop after he's got his job, and uh, you know the rest of the gang sitting there at one of the tables. He walks in, greetings, greetings, my friends, greetings and salutations. What a great day for a ball game. Let's play two. And so, oh, yeah, whenever I think about greetings and salutations, I'm thinking about George Costanza. That no, is when funny. you said greetings and salutations, I'm like, that sounds like highbrow. And I just like thought, God save the queen. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is what the, that's like my reflex reaction. To reflex. It. <laughs> Isn't it funny how all three of us thought of something completely and entirely different okay. from one little yeah, phrase? Be, so before we, before you get, get to it, because uh, we're still under two minutes, I think that's okay. Um, you know, not the seven minutes that we were once accused of. Um, so, so I, for anybody who knows me, I was a huge fan of Top Gear um, with Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and uh, Richard Hammond. And then, of course, that all blew up, and then, then Top Gear continued, but they had, like, these different iterations where they kind of experimented. Well, now they've settled into, for the last, like, I don't know, four or five seasons with the same the same crew. And I started watching it again, and it is hilarious. And so one of them is a guy named name Chris Harris, who is a part-time racing car driver like you can drive fast <laughs> and a guy named um and a journalist and then patty mcginnis who i think is like a comedian a stand-up comedian or something hmm. uh and then a guy by the name of andrew flintoff who um who is the uh is now retired the retired cricket captain of england a former professional cricketer and so i was watching an episode this afternoon and um and they're going through all these famous tv cop cars and they get to this one car, and and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we were like, you know, in elementary school. Which one of the two cops did you pretend to be?" And they go back and forth, and they get say to Flintoff, Flintoff's like, "Like, I never watched the show. I don't know what you guys are talking about." And they're like, "And it was a British show." And they say, "You've never watched the show? Are you even British?" And and the other guy says, "Are you aware that we have a queen in this country?" And he fires back, "Yes, I met her the day she knighted me." Oh, wow. Yep. Don't yeah. wait. Coming back for that one. For services <laughs> oh, to cricket. So, Andrew Flintoff. Oh, that's. That was hilarious. Like, cricket. are you aware that we have a queen in this country? <laughs> yeah, I met her the day she knighted me. 
That's really good. Oh, and, and here's my Jerry, trump card. <laughs> yeah, and we're and we're back to we're back to Seinfeld. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. <laughs> Full circle. Okay. What do you? And if you want to hear Chris's thoughts on about how we're we're just knighting people these days for pretty much anything, tune into the uh, Green Room episode if yes, you're a patron afterwards. So. Although for services to cricket <laughs> is a very British thing. It is a very British thing. Yes. And that seems legit. <laughs> so I thought what we'd really talk about, other than greetings and salutations and, and knighting, um, is this topic of open adoption. Because that's, that's something that can be really scary uh, for mm. some of our adoptive parents out there. Whereas uh, for others, I, I know we wanted an open adoption with the, the birth mom of, uh, of our middle kiddo. And... Uh, and it was her who decided she did not want that relationship. So um, that, that's a kind of a different kind of a disappointment, I think, that yeah. uh, some adoptive parents feel. Mm, yeah. But uh, I, I think it, um, yeah, research has shown us that uh, the more open an adoption can, can be, it's usually for the betterment of the child in the long run. And uh, But yet I know, that, again, several parents are kind of still scared about that depending upon those situations, uh, you know, how their kids came to be adopted into their home. So I thought that would be something we could, we could speak about. Yeah. So if if anybody can hear me of the barking of the dog, um, (laughs) it's interesting though, that, that in sequence, these are going to be released, um, talking about advocating in the school system and then, um, talking about open adoption. Um, because, Obviously, our, our level of experience with both both of those things, right? I, I worked in education for thirteen years, Kayla for eleven, and then we've had an open adoption with our oldest daughter's birth mother. Um, the entire adoption, um, and I will tell you that 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 I will say that that has been one of the great blessings of adoption for us, having that open adoption. I will say that we were terrified of it. Uh, we we didn't have to be talked into it. We kind of had to be uh, backed into a corner. And, 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 you know, we, we felt like that was the only path forward for us. Mm. And, and that may be a little dramatic, the backed into the corner thing. But I think we got to a point where, where we, it wasn't because you're like, oh my gosh, what a great idea. It was like, oh my gosh, we have to make this work. I'm so glad mm. we, we did because one of the things that it did, it changed the way we started, of the many great things it did for us. But one of the things it did is it changed the way we thought about the people whose kids end up in the child welfare system. Because mm. it wasn't just somebody... It wasn't somebody who was the child's birth mom. Um, it was somebody that we were in a relationship with. And to learn yep. about her history and her struggles and her childhood and her reality, um, it, 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 was, it was such an, it, it has been and continues to be such a wonderful education for us and allowed us to really think differently about, about people um, whose children end up in the child welfare system. Because I think when we came to this uh, all those years ago now, gosh, Kayla, what was it now? 16, 17 it, it was, years ago now. It was 18 years ago that we 18 years, yeah, it's 2004, 2004, yeah. Yeah. So 18 years ago, um, the climate, so I mean, well, the, the goal of foster care now is, is reunification. Back mm-hmm. then, it was not. It was, it was, it was termination and adoption by foster family. Although I don't think it was stated like that, but that's certainly what, what they were driving towards. It's like the pendulum so, swinging, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes yeah. it's more towards adoption. Sometimes it's more towards reunification, preservation. Yeah, and, 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 and so then, it was. 
and and so you know when when it's when it's the opposite side of the pendulum when the pendulum's in the opposite side of of that of that arc um you you kind of tend to think about the birth family a little differently um you know it's 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 almost a competitive environment and so for us to then in, in the midst of all of that to get to know uh that that young woman who's been a part of our life now for for 17 years um and when I say part of our life, Chris, for those who don't know the story, um, she's lived with us before. Um, they, her and her, her daughter, our, our daughter's sister, um, recently spent the weekend with us and, and her daughter, our daughter's sister, goes on vacation with us, including going with us, uh, goes with us to family camp in Colorado. So it's been just a great blessing for us. Uh, I think it's been a blessing for her. And, and it's just been... Um, Looking back, I would probably have to be, you know, put under some bright lights with threats of bamboo under my fingernails to come up with some sort of negative from that experience. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you think about adoption, we think of kind of three general groups of people who are adopting. You've got your international adoptions. You've got your domestic infant adoptions, typically, although we know people who have adopted domestically older kids, Um through different various circumstances that they've come maybe not into foster care, but there's been some sort of a relinquishment or whatever. And then we've got kids in foster care um, who've come in typically as a result of abuse and neglect. And so when you think about those three scenarios, typically with international adoption, um, there are a few countries where there is some ability to have some connection to birth family, but typically international adoptions there's not a lot known about birth family. You're not getting a whole lot of information. And so even finding out information about your child can be challenging, much less trying to find out, you know, any information about family or have any kind of relationships. Not to say it's never done, but it's it's a lot harder. Um, yeah. And I know, you know, 20 years ago, a lot of families were adopting internationally because they were afraid of birth family, because there were a lot of movies mm. out there and a lot of um, things that were, were basically causing fear that somebody was going to come and take your kid once you adopted, that the birth family was going to come back and snatch them away from you. And, you yeah. know, it was kind of like, like Ryan said, this kind of, this kind of adversarial relationship. And so people were saying, well, we're going to go international so that the chances of that are less. Um, and then domestic infant, a lot of times it's left up to birth mom, whether or not she would like to have open adoption. I know there's a lot of agencies that really focus on taking in birth moms and families who are wanting to work together and do open adoptions. There's been definitely in the last 10 years, more of a focus of that. Um, mm -hmm. but again, in your domestic infant adoption, you're looking at families who are making a plan for a child. Um, typically not families who there's abuse and neglect in, in the family. It's making a plan for, you know, uh, making a plan for that, their child. Um, and so people don't necessarily tend to be as scared about that, but like you talked about with foster care adoptions, which is what we've done, you know, when we started the process, it was like, you know, you don't go to visits, you know, you drop your kid off or you send them with a, with a, a transporter so that you don't have interaction with the family. And there was really, they set it up so much adversarially. Now, 
thankfully, because our daughter um, has, she, she had a lot of medical needs. I went to every single visitation, you know, she would have those weekly visitations and I would go and I began building that relationship because she had so many medical needs. They didn't feel comfortable sending her with a transporter or having me very far because mm. I knew what to do. And so I was able to start building that relationship. But even then, it was scary for me because I didn't know, like, you know, I, I was meeting birth mom and, and I did meet, like, grandma and I even met, like, great grandma in a visit. And, you know, I was able to meet some other people, but it was still scary because it was like, I don't know, you know what's happening and what's going to happen here. And, and they set it up so much like here's this baby in the middle. You guys kind of duke it out, right. you know, and, and what's figure out what's best for this, this kid. Um, and so there was a lot of fear. Like Ryan said, we had a lot of fear. Um, and I think the Lord really brought a lot of people into our lives that spoke like some truth over us. And that really, um, challenged our thinking mm. on that. So, you know, he said we were backed into a corner. I don't feel like we were really backed into yeah, a corner so now. much as as God really <laughs> I think it was more that God really used um he really used different scenarios like like meeting some other yeah. birth moms um and seeing some other families who were on this um open adoption mm-hmm. journey. And really being able to say, this isn't so scary. This is actually going to be really well, good Well, Kayla, I, I, w- I was thinking about that um, while you were talking. <laughs> and I was thinking, do you remember that, that Sunday? And, and this is how, um, so, so, you know, you heard it said the Lord works in mysterious ways. Um, you've heard it said that from small things, big things one day come. And all those kinds of things. Um, we had to, as licensed foster parents, there's a, there's a, there's a requirement in the number of training hours you have to have every year, and varies by state, uh, but but here in Texas, and so the, so it's a fairly large amount of hours you have to have every year, and so that can be from uh, a certain number of those from can be some support groups, uh, self-paced conferences, those kinds of things, and so we uh, needed some extra hours. Um, we were um, in the part of town that my parents live, and we had we had lunch with my parents that Sunday, and there was somebody who was speaking on open adoption about 10 minutes from my parents' house. And so Kayla was like, hey, we're going to be over in that part of town in any case. Let's um, let's just go and and get the hours. And so we went on open, ad- open adoption. And the lady who spoke was, was somebody who pioneered open adoptions in Texas like way back as early as the 1970s. And so she spoke about that. And, 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 and you know, Chris, I don't know if you're, you're like me, but whatever I'm in, in a environment, so it's called a classroom environment, and somebody asks, a, and they ask a question, I know enough to never, ever raise my hand. <laughs> because if you raise your hand, they might ask you what the answer is. And she said, why are people, why are you so scared of open adoption? Because it's definitely the prevailing thought at the time, like, is, we forget, like, you know, 15 years ago, people weren't as open to open adoption as they are today. And and this one lady raises her hand. And I'm like, oh, no, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. And they says, yes, ma'am. And she said, because I'm afraid the child's birth family is going to come and take the child. And and then this lady, who whose name I wish I remember, Kayla, um, I don't know if you do or not. 
she looked remember. at this lady. She I looked don't. over at the lady and said, that only happens in losing Isaiah. That doesn't happen in reality. And I was like, wow, that really, really got my attention. And then, and then she went even next one step further. She brought up three single women who had given their kids up for adoption, put them on a panel and asked them questions. And, and, and oh my gosh, that was really, really kind of got to us. And then I can't know if you remember this or not. Um, the one, uh, she had like pictures. The one, one young woman had given up her baby as an infant for adoption, placed her kid for adoption. And, and um, this woman had brought pictures of the baby. And the first time this young woman saw pictures of her child was in front of that group. And so here we're sitting with this young, this young woman, maybe 20, 21, maybe in there, I don't remember, sobbing as she looked at pictures of the baby she placed for adoption. And I'm like, to, to me, that's, that was kind of when all of the, the, the my, my harshness towards the idea kind of was, 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 uh, was burnt off. Cause I, cause I feel like to mm-hmm. me, that was like the genesis of me being open to the idea. Yeah. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. I remember sitting, I remember sitting in that room and just, it, it was, I think it may have even been before we'd ever met our daughter's birth mom, yeah. you know, and it was just an idea. That was the seed that was planted. We didn't meet yeah. her right away. But yeah, I think it may have even been before, like we had just brought her home from the hospital or something and we hadn't yet met birth mom. And um, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's opened up a whole new world, but it's been as our daughter, our daughter will be 18 this year. Um, In just a few months, she'll be 18. And um, she's never wondered where her birth mom was or and she's been able to ask her all the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been able to have those conversations. Um, and I will say um, that she's, we have four kiddos that we adopted and only one of them do we have an open adoption yeah. with. Um, and so I will say that that has been a bit of a challenge navigating that um, because I know uh, our son when he was younger, anytime we would have these visits, um, cause she would come to our house, you know, we would, she'd spend the weekend or she'd spend a week with us and, um, cause she didn't live in town. And so she would come and usually stay for an extended amount of time. And we would notice these behaviors with our son and we would notice these, like, look at me, look at me, you know, kinds of behaviors and trying to like, and it was his way of trying to process why does she get to know her birth mom and I don't? Um, It was his way of trying to figure out where do I fit in this picture? You know, because that was, that's something that our kids have always asked is like, well, if she's Tori's birth mom, what does that make her to Mm, us? You know, or if she's um, like her sister, you know, she's like, well, she's her sister. Does that make her our sister too? Um, and I remember the first time one of the kids asked that and her birth mom looked, she could tell uh, the look on my face. I was like, I don't even know how to answer that. Like, and she looked at me and she goes, don't make it complicated, Kayla. Yes. She's your sister too. (laughs) You know? And it was just like, okay, yes, she's your sister too. You know? And it was just one of those situations where it was like, you know, navigating it, but you know, for our kids and especially for those that they're maybe it's not safe to have relationship with, or if it's not possible to have relationship, 
you know, it can be confusing to them because they don't understand why they don't get that relationship. Um, or even if it's like, you know, like Chris, like your kids don't, you don't have open adoptions with yours, but not necessarily by your choice. You know, it's not that it was your decision. And if they're around our kids who have open adoption, you know, because your kids have been around our daughter's birth mom many times and, and seeing that relationship can even just start to bring up things for them going, wait, but she's adopted and she gets to know her birth mom and her, she's got a sister and all of these things. And so, and I, like our son has told us before, you know, he said, you know, it's really hard for, it was really hard for me when I was younger because I didn't understand um, why I didn't get to see my yeah. birth mom and why she got to have that relationship. And I didn't, you know. Well, it's a sense of loss that um, they're having to deal with and being yeah. the age that they are. They don't know how to process that. And so it's going to come out in, in those right. sort of ways. Yeah. Well, Kel, I, just, I, yeah. I wanted to add, because I think we would be remiss if we didn't say um, open adoption is not for everybody. Um, we have, we have no, four adopted true. kids. We have one open adoption. Right. I just want to be honest about that because yeah. I know we've, we've kind of been, been cheerleading for, for open adoption here. And if it is right, because, but you have to be wise uh, and sometimes it's not the best thing. There is also a sliding scale, right? It could be pictures and cards. It doesn't have to be come set or house either, yeah. right? Um, but, we are, right? But we are real advocates for, like, at least consider it strongly and yeah. think through what, what your options yeah. are here because, because what we've learned is that it has not just been um, restorative for our daughter, but it has been restorative for her birth mom and her sister because one of the things mm-hmm. um, that, that and, and you know, Kayla and, and, and her have talked about working on, on a book together to tell that story because it's a real, it's a, it's a beautiful story. It's got some painful parts. It's got, um, it's got, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but like all beautiful stories, it has difficult parts, right? And so yeah. they've talked about doing yeah. that. Um, and, and I mean this, and I think this story is the kind of one thing that if Oprah's let a show, you'd end up on Oprah talking about the book, Kayla. I mean, I think it's, it's that compelling of a story. Um, yeah. but, but, but we had to learn how to navigate that and we had to learn how to, how to have good boundaries, uh, you know, in, in that store. I mean, it, we just had to learn a lot of things about ourselves, yeah. about other people and how to navigate some of those things. And how to 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 understand like this is this is someone else's history, and now we're we're all our stories are all interconnected now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would say that if if you're considering open adoption or anything like that, and you have some questions, uh, but questions, just email us. Can I be happy to, to 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 answer whatever we can for you about our experience? But again, you have to make the right decision for your family, the right decision for your children. But I would always say, don't just automatically be close to the idea because because the idea scares you. Sometimes great things come from scary ideas. Yeah. Um, like, for example, yeah. let's build something out of metal and f- use it to fly like a bird. Like, that's scary. <laughs> but we get to go lots of fun places yeah. because of it. <laughs> yeah. so, so just because an idea yeah. scares yeah. you, you know, we were just at a, 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 the weekend that we were recording this, Kayla and I were at a marriage conference at our church, and, and there's just so much great stuff um, that was said there, obviously, about, about, about marriage and about, and about husbands and wives and couples and, 
and all those great things. But 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 I'll paraphrase because I'll, I'll go back and listen to the recording and get this right. But but one of the speakers said, if something, if there is some behavior that frustrates you and makes you angry, it might not be the other person. It might be because it's revealed something in you that needs to change and you're unwilling to change. Mm. And if the idea of open adoption scares you, it might be legitimately scary. Please hear me say that. But it might be scaring you because there's something about you that needs to change. And I honestly feel that's the truth about, about at least my involvement in our open adoption story. I won't speak for Kayla on this. But... But my apprehension and fear of it at first, now with the benefit of 2020 hindsight, was because there was something in me that had to change. And at the time, I wasn't willing to, to change. Yeah. See, I think for us. Yeah, no, I agree. I yeah, think... Go ahead, Kale. Oh, I was going to say, I agree. I think that was the same for me. And I think it's why, you know, uh, it took a while to get to the place that adoption was actually the, became the goal and became what we all thought was best mm-hmm. for her. Because I think the Lord was saying, I need some time to work on mm. you guys yeah, that's good. and to change your heart and to soften your heart towards this family. Yeah. yeah. See for us with, with, with our, our middle son, uh, the first of the two that we adopted, you know, we spent a week and a half, almost two weeks with birth mom before his, wow. before his birth. Um, we went thinking we were going to be there for like three or four days before the birth, but he decided he, he needed to stay inside a little longer. Um, and came a little, he to bake a little, came, extra. Bake a little extra. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, we, we had a language barrier to work through, you know, she, she did not speak a lot of English. We did not speak a lot of Spanish, uh, hardly any at all. And, um, but it still, I think it was it was good time to have spent with her, to have gotten her, her to know her, mm-hmm. uh, even as little as we were able to in that time. It, it gave us an understanding of her that when he's old enough and mature enough to you know to handle all, all of that mm-hmm. information, we can give him that. And you know, we were perfectly willing to, you know, an open adoption for us in that particular circumstance would have been rather easy because it was going to be mainly cards and letters right and, and photos you know emailed back and forth kind of thing yeah. you know, there was going to be a distance uh, physical distance um, to deal with there but yeah. we were completely open to that because someone had expressed to us the the benefit of it in the long term you know for our son um, and we left that door open we, we still have that door open um, you know my wife my wife found our son's birth mom on Facebook um, and, you know, ha- has kind of reached out just to see and has not either gotten a response, either not gotten a response or has gotten uh, I'm good. Thanks, you know, sort of response. Uh, and, and that's not to make her yeah. sound bad, any kind of light whatsoever. I, you know, given the circumstances of how our son it's came to us. Yeah. I, I can understand how she might not want to revisit that. Mm. So, um, and then, you know, with, with our youngest, an international adoption, like you, were, you talked about earlier, Kayla, there is no chance for us to have an open adoption. We have zero information about birth parents. You know, uh, yeah. wouldn't even really know where to even begin searching for them. And you know, you know, given the the yeah. state of the country that he came from, they're not going to have 
you know, extensive records that we'd be able to comb through to, you know, even begin a detective search yeah. kind of thing. Right. So um, that's going to be a difficulty mm-hmm. that we, we're already navigating with him, but as he gets older, it's going to become, uh, you know, an even harder journey for him to, you know, just to deal with that loss, right. Of, of, the, of the, the not knowing and yeah. never being able to know. So uh, if I can offer my two cents, yes. If you have that chance to have that open adoption where, you know, it, it's a safe situation for you and your family and your child. Absolutely, positively do it because mm-hmm. in the end, it's only going to benefit uh, your child. Yeah, and and it grows you, right, Chris? Because mm-hmm. I know you're you're about yeah. to tell me, well, that's all, folks. But I just wanted to be <laughs> I wanted to add this one thing because it grows you. But here's the thing about yeah. growth: it was kind of painful. Yeah, like I don't know if anybody goes to the gym or not, but lifting weights hurts. But the fact that it's hurting is because there's little tears and the muscles are growing, right? Going for a run or riding your bike over distance, it hurts. But you always end up in a better place if you'll do the work. And I think that that's, that's true, yeah. that, 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 that it was a little scary. But, but we're like you. If, it, if it's the right situation, you should do it because at the end of it, um, you end up being more of the person that God always wanted you to be because he used yeah. that experience to refine you um, mm-hmm. and to open your eyes to the realities yeah. of, of the world. And so to me, that, that is a beautiful thing. So, okay, I'll stop talking, Mr. Turner. Well, and I think just if I can add one thing too, like even if open adoption is not an option for your family, I think there are still ways to honor that birth mm. family and the place that they hold in our kids' lives. And so even if, you know, um, open adoption isn't safe, you know, one thing we've done with one of our kiddos is allowed um, letter writing, even though the letters don't get mailed and don't go Mm. anywhere. But what would you want to talk to them about? What would you want to tell them um, if you were to have a conversation? And we can just have that. And if one day it becomes a safe situation or one day it becomes an option, We have those at different ages and stages to say, hey, here's um, here's what I wanted to tell you when I was, you know, six. Here's what I wanted to tell you when I was 12 or whatever. Yeah. You know, we can we can go to those um, and we can still honor that family and the place that they hold in our child's life, because even if it's unsafe, our kids still love their yeah. birth family and that's the thing that I think more than anything um, we need to make sure we do is that we're never talking, even if we're angry because of some of the circumstances or things that have happened that we know we can still have a place of honoring where our child comes yeah. from um, when there's no relationship. It's really good. And a good place, I think, for us to leave off this time. So as Ryan said earlier, you know, if you this is a situation you're considering and you have some misgivings or you have some questions, please feel free to drop us a line, info at onebighappyhome.com. Ryan Kayla, like Ryan said, will be happy to discuss, uh, you know, kind of their, their journey in this area with you and uh, offer you some encouragement and, and help along the way. As always, everyone, we appreciate your listenership. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye.